Hello and welcome to Panels in Motion, the podcast where we read a comic, watch the movie adaptation, and figure out what went right or what went wrong. 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 Something went very wrong. Today, I wouldn't say that anything went wrong, but we do have some news to share. Yeah. And that news is that we are going to end the show after this episode. Wow. Um, this, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> this is happening, Luke. Yeah. We didn't want to <laughs> okay, let you yeah, know I'm ahead kidding. of time. We didn't want you to, like, quit before we recorded our last episode. So I'm sitting um, here. For, I woke up early for nothing. Uh-huh. Early at 10 a.m. I read, I, read, I read the book for nothing. <laughs> yeah, you read the book? You read yeah, the book? <laughs> <laughs> the show, uh, we all really love doing it. And we are so happy for our listeners uh and every single one of you you made this worth making um but ultimately it is a lot of prep work on our end it's a lot of work in post on our end um and just for all that creative energy um we feel that we're just not quite getting what we want out of it and so we'd rather move on to other creative projects which we have in the works um so Mm -hmm. For now, yeah, yeah. Um, this is our last episode, and uh, we're not going to be covering any comic books or movies today, but we are going to have a little retrospective on what we learned uh, from this whole project and uh, just some other little fun bits that we have for you. So um, do you guys have anything to say? Um, well, like I already said, um, I'm sad when Luke did his little sync clap. I got a little teary-eyed. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's uh, It's been a journey, man. We did this for a year. Like, we didn't just put out a couple episodes. Like, we we, we, we had 10 total. So this is going to be 11. But we, we did this for a year. This was like a part of my life for the last year. We started in November of 2019 with The Mask. And we, like, started releasing them. And we're, it's January 2021. Like, that's a big amount of time in my life. Yeah. So, it, it's... It's been really cool to to make. I'm glad that we did it, and I think that um, we had a lot of really great conversations about like various types of topics. Um, and I'm proud of that. I think that hope it people revisit them if they're ever reading these books. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I remember when we when we first started talking about it, and I was like. Hey, you know, this this might work. This might be fun. This might be okay. But it's like, oh, I don't, I don't read a lot. I don't know if this is gonna be good. And then it was just like so much fun. And you know, like besides like learning more about audio, and then just like especially because of coronavirus, with not being able to see any of my friends, just being able to you know once a month or once every two months or whatever, you know, hop onto a you know, a Discord call and hang out with my friends and talk about stuff that we would just talk about on WhatsApp. Uh, but, you know, in person, it was very, very fun and very nice. So, all right. Uh, let's just go right into our questions that I have for us. Uh, so what did you learn about comics from this whole experience? Um, I know that we all had different levels of experience with comics. Like, I have read literally like over a thousand graphic novels in my life. Everything Um, that's ever existed. I've basically read everything ever. Uh, Andre uh, loves comics, hasn't read a ton of them, uh, but really has a passion for them. And then 
Luke, um, pretty much similar. I'd say reads a little bit more comics yeah, on average yeah. than Andre. Um, but we also all have different tastes and I think we all got something different out of the project. So, um, Andre, what do you sort of learn about comics, I guess, as an art form? Well, um, I had known that comics were very diverse, you know, but I never really took the opportunity to dabble in different things, you know? So what I knew was like the stuff that I read in high school like the gra- the Scott Pilgrim kind of like indie graphic novels, like, but I never read things like All You Need Is Kill or Barbarella. And like, I would never have thought to just because like, I don't read so much comics. Like, I don't think like, let me just deep dive into the world of comics and what they have always, what they have been, you know? So I think the main, my main takeaway, like what I learned about comics was just, how how interesting they can be and like how powerful they can be um and achieving like certain things um in ways that novels can't and ways that even movies can't um so it's really cool to see that um and i i'm after doing this podcast like i'm 100 percent going to read more and and definitely like experiment like read like weird stuff weird stuff that like i wouldn't find myself reading you know like um, it's funny cause we were just talking about this before the podcast started. Like I got into the Simon Hanselman comics, like while we were doing panels in motion and it's like, like, I love those comics, you know? And like, that's love not them. like something so that good. I would think I would like, you know? So I never thought I would like Barbarella. Um, even though Barbarella was like, was a, was a, was crazy as fuck. Like it was still like a, <laughs> a really interesting experience for me. So I can see myself just exploring more, um, because comics aren't just one thing like most mediums. So, and I think that's like my biggest thing that I learned that I really processed, you know, I knew, but I really start was able to process when we were doing this just because obviously you're a good curator, Nick. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what I learned to that point. I do want to say I did every month. Um, I made sure that we switched off between American comics uh, and then we would do an international comic that was non-manga, and then we did a manga. Mm-hmm. So we got three of each, plus we did Scott Pilgrim at the end. So yeah. four of the Americans. But yeah, yeah. Luke, uh, what about you? What did you learn about comics? Uh, I really just, I learned to appreciate them a lot more, really, when, really before this podcast, um, I I would look at them, you know, you I would read the words, the, I would appreciate the story i would appreciate you know the characters but i never really thought about you know the the importance of like coloring and shading and line work and you know the panel formatting and all these other things that really make comics what they are you know if if a comic doesn't have that in reality it's just words on a page it's just like a book and all these things combined in my opinion are what makes you know, a comic really great. And because of this podcast, I would go on Instagram and read these series that have been going on, like Simon, Han- Simon Hanselman, since, you know, the beginning of quarantine. And it, it's been a surprisingly big part of, you know, 2020 and now 2021. And I, and I, and I want to add on top of like, of our experiences, um, of my uh, significant other, my wife, Karen, she has found her refound her love for anime 
So like I can Hell catch yeah. her on the regular, like reading her uh her webtoons, <laughs> like all her like anime stuff. <laughs> and that all started because of this podcast, because like we would record these episodes and she'd be like, Oh, I used to like anime. And uh, not anime, manga. I'm sorry, manga. And now she's always reading her manga. So <laughs> it's all because of Nick. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was she actually reached out to me because she asked me a question about Lore Olympus and like I answered her and then I showed her like where it was online and that was it. Within literally 24 hours, she had read the entirety of Lore Olympus. Wow. Dude, um, I'm telling you, every insane. single moment that like I see her like like chilling by herself, like I guess it's better than Instagram, but like it's like how you know people are addicted <laughs> to their like social media. Like she's like reading her app, her her stories on her phone. And, and that, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So for me, yeah, what I learned about comics, it was more about art. Um, I think that doing this show made me really think about art and how it changes a story. Because when you look at the way that a story is adapted differently between uh, comics and movies, you're looking like the story itself can be the same, but it's really about the way that the visuals change and the way that the medium works with the visuals mm -hmm. so i really thought a lot like granularly about the way that comics work like on a very very technical level and i feel like i understand comic storytelling in a way that i didn't as much before um and i feel like art is really what makes a graphic novel great like yes the story obviously the story is important the story is like if you don't have a good story, then it's not going to be a good book. But I think great art can tell a decent story in a way that makes the entire book great and not the opposite way around. So that was really cool to like really get down and understand. Mm -hmm. that, that is cool. It's um like next level. I'm still like a level <laughs> one, you know, like I'm like, yeah. oh diversity and you're like <laughs> like level 200 like line work shadowing yeah, yeah. yeah. white space wait yeah yeah whenever, like within individual panels and how they work between panels exactly. how the gutters between panels like change the way that you think about something exactly um, i'm like a little knight character that just like started runescape and you're like and you're like a mage like a level 300 mage. you're like one of those people that would like lure me into the forest balls everywhere yeah. killing yeah. everybody you're like one of those guys that would lure me into the forest just to have his buddies <laughs> kill me like that's that's who you are <laughs> i think that we had some pretty good conversations about all the things yeah. we read I, I think we had some really funny conversations and some really like heart hard conversations um that's cool, man. We went, we did, we talked about bullying. We talked about like, uh, we talked about like friendship. We talked about the, um, we talked about feminism. We talked about feminism. We talked about uh, a lot. We talked a lot about that. We talked about um, the, uh, like the US's involvement in the Middle East. Like, you know, <laughs> like we talked about the 80s. Like, like there was a lot of things that we talked about that I think that are really unique. Um, and I wonder listening to this in a few years, like, um, like how, like that'll like like how it'll like I hold up. I wonder if five years from now we'll be canceled. That's that's a good question. <laughs> well, we're pretty woke, so um, I hope not. So, what you guys uh, learn about film? Because in the same way that we all uh, came to comic, or, yeah, came to comics with different experiences, we did the same thing with film. And like Luke and I both have uh, like film degrees like in film studies so we have like 
experience, like writing papers about like film analysis. Uh, and then Andre also like has somewhat of a similar background and uh, Andre has way more production experience than either me or Luke does. Uh, and yet Luke is also uh, very into doing cinematography and I'm uh, very into writing screenplays. So we all have very different experiences coming to this. So, and what'd you learn about film itself, Andre? So um, first of all, let me just let me just go out here and say <laughs> that I'm a film studies minor right now, currently, as wow. we speak. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you should check yourself. <laughs> but no, no, no. But okay, this is let me. I recently have leveled up to I think level 200 mage on film, and and I was having this conversation with you recently, Nick, when when I was when we hung out um around Christmas time. So I, like before this podcast started, like I was at a level where I was like fucking film. I was a snob. Like in in in, in, a, in a, like I wasn't one of those annoying people, but like I did have a lot of pretensions about movies and um and like the movies that I wanted to see, the movies that I don't wasn't even interested in. And obviously that had to do with the fact like I didn't have too much time, so I wanted to watch something good, but it was also kind of deeply rooted in this idea of like this is what good is, this is what good is not. So um, recently, um, I had the realization, the epiphany, and I uh, you know it sounds stupid, but like that, like all movies are wonderful. Like even the <laughs> bad ones, even the ones that are super mainstream, even the ones that are super like geared towards a certain audience. Um, I had this realization specifically with the uh, Hallmark Christmas movies because I always <laughs> used to, I always used to trash like them until this Christmas where I was like, you know what, like there's something to take away from these movies, you know? And, and, and that was like the def defining difference. But I think that this podcast had a really big role in making me see movies in a more appreciative light. Like even the movies that are bad, because like we watched like a great example, ghost world, that movie was not that great, but like there were things about that movie that I was forced to find that I liked. And that kind of mentality that I had, that I grew to have due to this podcast, it helped me, understand how to watch movies that aren't even like good per se but see like what works and what doesn't and i think that that's level 200 mage next level film appreciation because you can't really be good if you don't watch literally fucking everything like everything mm -hmm. you can't understand what is bad you can't understand why things don't work you can't because it's like what good is it going to do if you watch like the top 100 movies that have ever been created but you don't see like the top 100 worst movies that have ever been created like how, how how do you have a basis for like what works and what doesn't and like and 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 i think that this podcast this podcast put me in a place where i uh was forced to watch things that like i didn't think were great and i was forced to talk about it for an hour and um and that like put my brain into a a, a mode that I was able to appreciate more things moving forward and, and honestly just enjoy movies more because like when I'm watching movies, like not everyone has the same taste as me. So if I'm more open to watching anything, like I can watch like a really shitty blockbuster and appreciate it in a way that I didn't before um, and not feel like, oh, these people have horrible taste in movie, you know, because like <laughs> the reality is everyone likes different things. Some people like trashy movies. Some people like really like artsy, like experimental movies. And if you can't appreciate it all, um, it's much harder to watch movies with with you, you know. That is what this podcast did for me. It made me, um, it helped me help me go to that next level of film appreciation that, that I'm really thankful for because that's the only way I'm ever going to grow as a artist myself. To be honest, Luke, what about you? This podcast really allowed me to flex a muscle, like Nick was saying, that I haven't flexed since college when 
we were in our like film theory classes writing eight pages about a two minute scene. And it just, this is also a, a result of coronavirus. I've just been learning way more about, you know, cinematography, lighting, angles. It just made me love film more than I did before. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think that it's hard to do any sort of project like this and come away not liking the thing even more than you did. Unless it's something really bad, then I guess maybe you would hate it more. But either way, (laughs) if it's something that you already love, you'll probably end up loving it more. Yeah, so for me, I... I learned the same thing that I learn every single time that I like think more about movies, which is how big of a role audio and music play. Um, and like yeah, how before yeah. I was saying like comics, ultimately I didn't say it in exactly this term, but uh, I think in comics, the writer writes the story, but the artist tells the story. And I feel like the same is true with film. Um, but film is an audio visual medium. So you have both aspects. So the writer writes it, but then the visuals and the audio are what tells the story to the viewer. And so uh, I think in like a lot of people's minds, they think of movies as more like just a visual thing. Mm -hmm. But just time and time again, like as I'd see the same visuals on the screen as I saw in the comic, yes, they're like they're adapted in interesting ways. But the thing that really brings it to life is the audio. And I feel like I remember having like this realization in college. I had this realization uh, like when I was writing the reviews of every episode of Avatar, I was like, oh my God, the audio is so huge. Um, And then I had it again. So I think that's something that I'll always be impressed by with film, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh, it's cool to, to explore that again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also uh, that's actually not what I wrote down for this answer on my, on my notepad. Uh, I wrote down, that it's way easier to fuck up film than it is comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, because- I want to I add something to that real quick. I'm glad you said that. I think that people underestimate like how many hands touch a film. Like yeah. there's too many hands to, to in a film product. Like for you to – like the way you create a story like via like comic book, you write it, you have the artist, you have the, the, the letterer, you have a team. But that team is under 20. It can be under 10 people, honestly, if you really wanted yeah. to. In the film world? Huh? Yeah, comic. On a comic, some of the comics we read had one person. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm going max. I think, yeah, I think the maximum was maybe like six. That That's was what probably I'm saying. Kingsman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But but in a movie, there's no fucking way you're ever going to make a movie with less than like, like, I don't even know how many people like that. The, even the lowest budget movie we saw had, but like a lot of people, a lot of money. There's like actually another big thing is the commercial, the, the commercial interests like are completely different in the film world than they are in the comic world because the audiences are completely different. So there's just, it's just, it's really hard to make a film a, a completely one voice. That's why I like the spirit of the art is collaborative in the way that comics is but is allowed to be a little bit more individualistic. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, I think it's easy to say that Luke, but I think that the reality is it's, it's, it's harder instead of saying it's easier to fuck up. I think it's harder to nail something when you have so many voices on a project. Yeah. And that's the reality of film always, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I want to go back to something that Andre said, he mentioned the spirit <laughs> of the project and um that leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is what did you learn about adaptations? Because for me, the biggest thing was that the most interesting adaptations to me 
uh, were when they would adapt the spirit of the book as opposed to the exact plot. And I think a great counterexample of this is A Silent Voice and The Mask, which both did the opposite. They both adapted... It was, I guess the mask is a little different, but A Silent Voice, they adapted like the exact plot beat for beat, uh, but they didn't capture the spirit of mm-hmm. the comic. Mm-hmm. Or, or even and Tintin, so, yeah. or even Tintin, yeah. where there was really the plot yeah. beat there, but the spirit yeah. was there. Yeah. 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 And so I think it's really easy to be additive when making a movie, as long as the spirit is respective. Like if you, if everything that you do is in the spirit of the original, then everything that you add on will feel like it belongs to the original. Mm-hmm. And but then then you also have examples with like Scott Pilgrim where something some things are exactly the same, but because it was such a dedicated team of people that wanted to make this thing great and they were all fans of Scott Pilgrim before they made it, instead of just being like, We're gonna make Barbarella now, you know, it uh-huh. took that you know, that drive to make something good and that, you know, and that spirit and yeah. just doubled it, tripled it. I agree with you guys. I mean, my, my, my thing that I learned about adaptations is kind of really closely related to that. I had always had the idea, um, but this podcast helped me like, like believe that even harder that the movie and the source are two different things and should be treated as such. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember always holding the position that, and I, and, and um, people, are probably not going to like this, but I think that the best Harry Potter movie was the third one, the one oh, that the first one no. where they stopped Hell. fucking doing exactly what the book had. Hell um, yeah! And I remember people hated the Prisoner of Azkaban because they were like, "It's so different. The book is not the same." <laughs> blah blah blah. But to, I will say to this day that is still the highest rated, like critically. It's a good yeah. movie, and I think that like I remember believing that like like this is a good movie, and I always was like, people need to like like understand that like the mediums are different and therefore they should be treated as such. But yeah. um, this podcast only made me believe that even harder. Like, like going back to what you said, it's not about the plot beats. It's about the characters. It's about the spirit of the thing. And it's about making it exist in a world that is similar to the books, you know, and using the tools of the medium to do that because you can write a plot beat by beat of like every little thing that happens in any given book. And put it on screen, but like, what does that mean? Like, what are you doing about the medium that makes it? Like, what are you use? What are the strengths of film that you're using to tell that story in the way a novel or a comic um, is able to? It isn't mm-hmm. able to. Um, and yeah. I think that the thing that I learned about adaptations is that it absolutely should be treated as different. And when I say different, I don't mean like it should be rewritten. Like, you shouldn't take Tintin and be like, yeah, you know what? Tintin is like a thirty-year-old man now, and he uh, has hair. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are very specific, detailed things that you need. That's hair. That's hair, yeah. He carries a gun. Oh, wait, no. That's that not hair. That's not hair. It's like a tiny little thing, like a little tiny squiggle thing. But um, but whatever. I think that that's the thing about adaptations. I, I think that too many people expect adaptations to be a translation, like a direct translation. But even translation in and of itself is essence and not words. And, and people think that that's not the case. People think that, oh, it's literally a, a, a transformation of what I read to the screen, but it's not. It's it's an it's a it's an interpretation of what you read into the screen. And um and that's the thing about adaptations and that's what makes an adaptation great. Yeah. I I, I can also say that if if you are going into an adapt as a you know as a as a director or a creative or you know a, 
a writer and you're you're going into an adaptation and you do it in my opinion if you do not love that source material or you don't have some history with that source material then you just shouldn't it, don't make don't make ghost in the shell if you if you don't love ghost in the shell don't yeah, don't think like oh i can make this better yeah yes. you like you can't think i can make this better because you will almost assuredly make it worse absolutely our next question what was your favorite movie and book combination and i know that's a that's a very broad question but the way that i'm saying it is more in terms of what was your favorite like what do you think was the most interesting combination not mm -hmm. which book and movie did you like the best but mm -hmm. rather which combination did you think was your personal favorite can i go first yeah sure Barbara Hella. <laughs> Barbarella, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. The Barbarella theme song was one of the top songs <laughs> I listened to on my twenty twenty Spotify list. Me too. I don't really listen to Spotify, but it was on mine. It's a good <laughs> yeah. song. It's a very good and song. Just the God, the the movie was so bad, good, and the comic was so bad, good, and they were just so fun to read. Like we said at the beginning of this, I would have never read Barbarella. Yeah. If Nick didn't put it on the goddamn list and I go, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I don't know what this is. Yeah, same. I looked at the list and Barbarella was the first thing that popped up. Of course, I loved, you know, Scott Pilgrim. You know, yeah. I loved uh, Lone Wolf and Cub probably would have been my second just because it was so good and fun. And I, uh, I like, so, I, I like Barbarella, um, um, like how like the book. Like I had said when we recorded the episode, it was so successful in like what it was trying to do. Like mm -hmm. the book wasn't trying to be anything other than what it was. And mm -hmm. I really like that about the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was interesting, I guess, because the comic had such a unique uh, historical context. Like it was about the sexual revolution in France and how it was brought <laughs> to America and like that's what the story was about. And even though it was this like weird sci-fi, like it didn't like, it's not the type of thing that I would want to read. And it's all of the tropes of the time, mm -hmm. but put in this weird context. And mm -hmm. so that was so interesting. And then to see the movie, just like take bits and pieces and just, I don't know what the movie was Talk doing about. and it, it is so of it. the time, but also so out of time. It's like, it is one of the most disorienting experiences <laughs> I've had like watching a movie. It's so weird. And it's that's so why bizarre. I it. It's so bizarre. So that's your pick so, too, Nick. That's, that's also that's your pick. pick. Oh. oh, wow. So Barbarella for two of you. So for me, like, I think that if I had to pick um, one that I think is the most interesting, I think I would pick all you need is kill. I love the idea of like mm -hmm. a, a, of a, of the Japanese light novel become manga turn like Hollywood blockbuster. And I thought that that transformation was so special in a way that none of our other books were, you know, like the mask was pretty much in an eighties, like underground, it not even underground. It was like an eighties, like, like indie ish comic. And then it became a mainstream movie, but like, it's still kind of like, existed in the same like universe, you know, mm -hmm. Persepolis was the same through and through lone wolf and cub was the same through and through like, Ghost World had the spirit of like that, like uh, uh, like '90s, like underground move, like world, but like it was just weirdly executed as a film. Um, <laughs> like all of the movies that we watched, 
like their adaptations like made sense with the universe that they existed in. And and I think that Barbarella like is a, is on that line, but I, to me it still exists within the same context because it yeah. was just like they tried to bring that on screen. It's they just failed it, failed at doing that. Whereas Edge of Tomorrow, they were like, all right, let's take Tom Cruise <laughs> and let's make him the main character and let's completely make this an American movie. And and I thought it worked, despite and that. I worked. thought it worked. So to me, I had to say like the most interesting adaptation, like like out of all like combo that we saw, it was all you need is kill. Even though I really didn't like the manga at all, um, that's the one that I would that I I would pick. Even though I liked all of them, I liked all of them. Same. <laughs> okay, I think we're about done. I don't want I don't want to end. I don't want to end. I don't want to like, end. I like keep talking till 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 Nick becomes king. I guess this is the end. Thank you, everybody, for oh, listening. Continue to follow us on social media because uh, we each have some creative projects coming up that are in the works and um, we would like you to see them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will be like me personally, I will be starting a YouTube channel and there may or may not be a podcast on there that may or may not be about comics and or movies. So, you know, uh, follow us, (laughs) follow panels in motion. Also follow us individually. Um, at panels in motion on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you go to that page, you can see all of our individual uh, handles there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So any yeah. final words? Um, thank you for listening. Um, our shit. I really appreciate it. It's been really cool. I hope that our content has meant something to someone or that there was like a nice moment in any of the episodes where somebody was like, huh, good thought. <laughs> And if that yeah. if that happened once, this was all worth it to me. So yeah, it's kind of sad. I'm a little emotional right now, but yeah, goodbye. But we will see you somewhere again. Yeah, it it for anyone listening, thank you. It like I don't I don't know if we are really going into this expecting anyone to listen, but just the fact that you know people would I don't know follow us or comments or stuff that we would get on our various social medias it was very nice thank you thank you for listening and if you if you followed along with us so if you read the books and watched the movies with us thank you because like we said it's just so much effort and the fact that you did it yourself to get your own you know your own perspective on it to then listen to us talk about our perspectives on it 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 means a lot you're a even if you didn't, if you just listened and oh, yeah. you got something out of it anyways, that is amazing also. <laughs> and we yeah. thank every single one of you. For real. So, I want to also thank Nick. This wasn't thank expected, you, Nick. Well, but Nick, thanks for thank making I, this happen. King thank you, Nick. no thanks. Well, that, that's right. <laughs> it is your responsibility as a, as a this, part of the noble class. But um, Nick, this this you. was your baby. Yeah, yeah. This, this was your baby, Nick. And thank you for... Uh, the best curator of all me. time. Like, honestly, Nick, I think you yeah. should share that list. Like, un- like, attach it as a Google Doc or something um, for the podcast because I think that that list is really curious and very worth um, checking out. So... Cool. Will do. Yeah. In an all alternate right. reality, you're a librarian. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in my brain I am a librarian yeah you definitely are <laughs> we're real now goodbye thank you once more and we will see you around bye I'll see you bye bye <laughs>